Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And let's go with the much anticipated Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling. You know what? I just found out it's a really bad idea to take a dog named Shark down to the beach. Shark! Thank you. Bye. <laughs> that is a good one. All in the delivery of uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan. Thanks, Duff, uh, for delivering each and every week. Always great starting the weekend with a laugh and starting your year with a laugh with one of the greatest parties you could ever have. Talking about March 14th, the 18th, the Four Leaf Clover. Chris Jericho's Rock and Rest and Rager at Sea. Sign up now for the pre-booking list and you can get your cabin before anybody else before we go on sale to the general public and if you do that and book your cabin during the exclusive pre-sale you'll get a picture with me and a commemorative cruise flag Chris Jericho Rock and Rest and Rage your flag you can only get that if you sign up early and of course you'll be treating yourself to the vacation of a lifetime when we set sail next March it's going to be a blast I'm already working hard on booking talent uh, actually I got the lineup all set we're going to announce that probably in a week or so just go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com, sign up for the uh, exclusive pre-sale, get the commemorative exclusive flag, a picture with me, and reserve your cabin today. All right. Come rock with Fozzie as well in the UK. The uh, European leg of Fozzie's Save the World Tour kicks off November 29th in Liverpool at the famous Cavern Club where the Beatles got their start. We're going to do a deep dive on the Cavern Club and talk as Jericho uh, in a week or two. Uh, there's only a handful of tickets left for the Cavern Club. Manchester sold out. Newcastle still tickets for that at the Riverside. Glasgow sold out. Dublin sold out. Belfast at the Limelight One. Still some tickets left. Chester sold out. Swansea, Nottingham, London sold out. Still some tickets left for Birmingham and Bournemouth. Uh, we start, like we said, I said, uh, on November 29th in Liverpool. We end in London on December 12th. Go to FozzyRock.com for all ticket information and VIP information. Uh, of course, you can get uh, an exclusive concert with Fozzy before the show if you do the meet and uh, greet, VIP meet and greet. And don't forget, too, the Save the World Tour continues in the States, uh, April and May. All those dates are on FozzyRock.com. We just announced that tour a couple days ago. Lots of Fozzy action, lots of cruise action, and lots of AEW action as we get ready for full gear uh, this Sunday, Saturday. Sorry, full gear on Saturday. Guy who had a, an amazing, amazing match on Dynamite last night. His first on Dynamite. Talking about Leo Rush is here on Talk is Jericho today. The buzz is crazy. He made his AEW debut at Double or Nothing in the Casino Battle Royale. Explains how that whole thing came together. He's got quite a story. We'll get all into it. He was only 22 years old when he signed with WWE four years ago. He talks about being released from WWE early this year and why he announced his retirement this past June when he was only 26 years old and why he came back. You hear about his relationship with Vince McMahon and Triple H. What inspired the Leo Rush name and gimmick and the run he had with Bobby Lashley in WWE. He also talks about his time at Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling, shares the first conversation he ever had with Tony Khan, who was a big supporter of his, and what prompted him to give pro wrestling another shot. He stole the show last night in Dynamite. He's going to steal the show today. Great conversation with Leo Rush coming up now on Talk is Jericho. So we have been uh, talking about doing this for a while. Uh, Leo Rush here. Uh, for his talk as Jericho debut. And I remember a few years ago having a couple DMs back and forth about maybe doing something, but I was working here and you were working in WWE and you can't cross the yeah, streams, yeah, so to yeah. speak, right? But no, you're here. I know, I know. Yeah, we've, um, I'm, I feel like it's been some uh, some years in the making. I definitely wanted to try to, to get it done because I'm such a huge fan of you and such a huge fan Thank of like, the podcast. And, uh, yeah, you talk about some really cool stuff, and uh, you uh, you touch on some things that not a lot of people, you know, feel comfortable touching on. So I, yeah. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, it's, it, it, like I said, it was it was it's great to have you in AEW, but it's a little bit of a surprise just to jump right in because I know a few months ago, I mean, it it, it could have been a year ago at this point. You came in and did a shot for us, yeah, and then right afterwards, you said that you were done with the business, and then you just appeared back in AW and I was like, well, that's really cool. Uh, kind of talk about how that all happened. Um, yeah, that was uh, such a crazy, crazy ride um, that that was. Just from the point of, you know, getting that opportunity, uh, knowing that I was gonna be in AW or at least appear on AW and 
um, it being such a, a surprising thing to, to a lot of people because I, I remember there was a bunch of names being thrown around like who was going to be the wild card and uh, I remember my name wasn't wasn't brought up once and I thought <laughs> yeah. that was so cool this is the casino battle yes. royal where yes. you were the joker which is the the last guy so nobody was guessing you yeah nobody nobody and I thought that that was pretty cool that nobody was talking about me because I knew that it was going to get a, a genuine surprise reaction so I was pretty excited about that um and then when the the match happened, I didn't know that I was that I got hurt during the match. Um, I knew that the, there was something wrong, uh, and I, that I never felt anything like that before. What did you do? Um, I ended up separating my AC. Oh. Um, and when it when it happened, uh, it felt wonky, but um, you know I kept going. I kept I kept pushing through the match. And um, by the time I got eliminated, and I tried to get up. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't move my arm, and mm. I was like, "Oh man, this is uh, this is strange," and uh, I'm probably legitimately uh, up right now. And I got scared. I panicked. Um, so many thoughts were going through my head at the time. But when I initially made that retirement announcement, there was so much going on in my life uh, personally at the time, and. Um, you know my frustrations with, with the business and you know there there was a lot and i um i'm sorry if i if i'm not coming off as clear as i want to because even now this is uh you know just talking about it is it's pretty heavy just because it was a it was a it was a decision that wasn't an easy thing mm -hmm. you know i dedicated my entire life to wanting to be a professional wrestler more specifically uh wanting to be in the wwe and then when i got there like I got signed at 22 years old, which, you know, I was a kid. Um, That's so young. And I, I was learning. I was, I was, I was kind of rolling with the punches and trying to adapt at every opportunity that came to me. And I feel like there was a lot of uh, confusion uh, and there was a lot of frustration. And I didn't understand why I wasn't, I don't know used more or not used more I, I think i think the overall perception of me uh mm. kind of got to me a little bit um if i'm being completely honest uh, i think the the overall perception of me of being like kind of like cocky or or uh standoffish or um you know an asshole mm -hmm. uh i think that that got to me a lot and um it, it's hard to you know i can't explain to to hundreds of, of people that I'm that I'm working with, you know, uh, what I've gone through in, in my life. And, you know, it's a long story. So sure. I, I try to I try to, you know, just go to work, do do what I had to do um, in order to, you know, provide for myself and my family and stuff like that. So, you know, it was rough. It was rough balancing all of that and, and trying to please people and making sure that, you know, I'm not pissing people off or stepping on anybody's toes and stuff like that. But, yeah. It, it happens quite a bit just to jump in like i see it i've, I've seen it when you sign to a huge company mm. how old are you now 26 26 yeah. 26 right which you're still very young but at 22 i mean that's so young to have to deal with the big league pressures and most people in that i've seen that have signed at 22 from our younger teddy mm. hart and renee dupree and mm. these young young guys it's hard to be mature enough yeah. to understand what's going on right no, i mean does exactly. that have something to do with it i'm sure no for sure for sure and uh you know i was at the time i'm not gonna say that i'm you know immature or uh realize that i'm immature you know i just know me for me and i don't know if that's mature you're 22 though yeah yeah you don't have the life experiences that guys in their 40s do and most guys in wwe that are on top are in their late 30s and early 40s exactly right? exactly mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I that definitely played or a here role. too in aw as well yeah. yeah yeah that that definitely uh played a role you know looking back at it now mm -hmm. um and looking at you know everything that has happened since then um, there was definitely some uh, immaturity factors that played a part. Right. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's life. I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody goes through that. And, uh, you know, people kind of have to learn on, on their own and learn uh, themselves. And I'm glad that I did learn. I'm glad that I did go through all of that because I wouldn't I wouldn't have the mindset that I have now. I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have now. Um, and I don't think I would be in AEW now if 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 I didn't, you know, grow uh, as a person. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. 
So when you decided to walk away from the business, yeah. um, it was because you got hurt and all these other issues kind of compounding and, and building up. It wasn't too long before before you came back into the business, AW. So what, what kind of switched the gears to where you're like, maybe I spoke a little bit too early here about leaving and retiring. I think my intent was there, was right. The reasons behind me retiring uh, and wanting to walk away. Maybe I needed a little more time to think. Maybe I needed to go through that injury process uh, in order to figure out why I was feeling the way that I was feeling or, um, you know, why I didn't want to walk away. But I think a big part of that was uh, I think I kind of started giving up on myself mm. a little bit. Mm. And that's the first time that I that I that I said that. Uh, and it's crazy that I am saying that uh, because I've never been you know, the kind of person to uh, to kind of let the the negativity block out everything that's positive in my life. But mm -hmm. I feel like I was getting to a point where um, I was at a standstill and, um, you know, the injury obviously didn't help. But, yeah, I, I think I stopped believing in myself a little bit. I, I stopped believing that I could be everything that I said that I that I would be in wrestling. And um, it was it was a uh, tough pill to swallow i think when you lose your self-confidence in the biz yeah in anything it's hard yeah. especially in this business yeah. you have to have it yeah right yeah i'm sorry it's this is it's very no, uh, it's, it's very it's very uh it's a very heavy subject for me sure it is but i wanted to know because it, it's something that was right in the forefront yeah. of when you came back i know that tony khan was always a big mm -hmm. uh, proponent of yours and a big big fan of yours was did was Tony calling you during this time frame? Like, I guess I'm asking, what snapped you out of the funk to say, okay, I'm gonna go and go, get back in the biz and go back to AEW? There was there was a couple of things. I think one, Tony, Tony being as supportive as he was, mm -hmm. uh, him being as understanding um, as he was. You know, he didn't he didn't push the idea of me coming back. He didn't push the the idea of me staying away he just wanted to understand who i was he wanted mm -hmm. to understand you know what i was thinking and what i was going through and who i am because you know that was the first time that i met tony at double or nothing um and um yeah we were just still we were still figuring each other out and uh i think he was he was intrigued by me uh because he had met me before uh, but we never talked but i think I felt comfortable around around Tony. I felt comfortable being in in the locker room for the mm. for the short time that I was in the locker room uh, at the pay per view, um, and it felt different. It felt it didn't feel like uh, it didn't feel like WWE. You know, even though I was seeing the same faces, and I was uh, you know the backstage environment looked the same, and you know I'm still in the stadium stuff like that. But there was something different about it that it made me feel like this was a, a second chance. It, it felt like a second opportunity uh, for mm -hmm. me. Um, another thing that played a huge factor, I think, was um, when I realized that I, I put myself in a position to do something bigger uh, than wrestling. Uh, and not saying that in a negative way. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I hope that you can understand this, but- uh, Absolutely. Um, I think- Obviously talking about your music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, between everything that, I, that I'm doing, between my music, between wrestling, uh, being a dad, being a husband, um, I think I saw the bigger picture for the, for the first time. You know, when I was first starting out in wrestling, I was just moving a million miles per second, mm -hmm. you know, just moving forward, uh, not even really appreciating what I accomplished, just wanted to move on right to the next thing, right to the next thing, right, right. to the next thing. And... Um, having just this very specific goal in mind. And I think once I reach that, I'm always asking what's next, what's next, what's next. But seeing that I had an opportunity to rewrite my story or write my story in a way that can inspire uh, so many other people that, that have looked up to me and um, I think even even the fans and and uh, my peers and 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 people who have uh, followed my career, like this younger generation of of wrestlers, um, you know, people like Dante, people like you know, a Darby or MJF, you know, these guys were. I remember, you know, when I was in, when I was in Ring of Honor, like these guys were like trying to break out and yeah. you know build a name for themselves, and um, 
I would get messages from from different people uh, saying just how how much I've influenced their careers or how much I motivated them, and uh, that's that's such a crazy that's such a crazy thing because I, I remember I, was, I used to always be the young guy in the locker room. I used to always be that guy that's saying like, "Oh, it doesn't matter how green you are, as long as you uh, you know believe in yourself and you work hard, then you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish." And that was me. And I feel like, um, you know, obviously not saying that I, I've paved a, a way for someone, but the same way that I looked up to guys like you or guys like Eddie or guys like Ray Mysterio or Jeff Hardy and stuff like that, you know, there's a younger pool of talent that look up to, to guys like, like me. And I think that that was, uh, that was pretty powerful. Mm. And um, I almost owed it to them to come back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say owe it to them, but I thought, you know, inspiration is just such a, a powerful thing especially when it's like right right in your face and you know someone is saying that you inspire me to to do what i'm doing mm -hmm. and that's uh that's powerful to me um you know i always try to be a good role model for um for anybody and i think you know maybe that's the the fatherly mm -hmm. <laughs> you know side of me but no i i, I feel like I feel like I have an opportunity to do something pretty special within AEW. And I want to take that opportunity. I want to be an inspiration to people, you know, because my story is uh, pretty crazy. Let's talk about your story. Yeah, yeah. Of like, once again, because it's always interesting to me when I started 31 years ago, I was a small guy. You're too small to make it in wrestling. And then obviously, as time transcends, it really doesn't matter size, or whatever, but you are a, a smaller guy, like a Rey Mysterio, like mm. you mentioned, like Darby, all of you guys, top, top talents. But when you first decided you wanted to get into to wrestling, was there that stigma like, really? You're, you're a small guy. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. I remember when I first started training, um, my coach had told me, uh, my, my trainer who, who uh, passed away from leukemia, RJ Meyer, um, where was that at? Where, where, where part of the country? Uh, Maryland. Okay. Maryland. Um, I trained at MCW uh, gotcha. Training Center. Okay. Um, and I remember him telling me that I, I, I believe in you. I believe that you're going to get to where you're going or where you want to go, but your path is probably going to be a little different than uh, than most people. And I knew what he meant. He didn't. He didn't say that. Oh, you're gonna. You're a small guy. Mm. You know, it's going to be harder for you. But I, I knew exactly what he meant. I knew that I was going to have to. Uh, you know, worked twice as hard. I, I was always going to be fighting that uphill battle. But that didn't stop me. I feel like that, that's never stopped me. Um, I, I've always had such a competitive nature about mm -hmm. me my entire life. I played sports my entire life. I played baseball, um, basketball, football. You know, I, I was an All-American amateur wrestler in high school, um, wrestling at 112 mm. uh, and 119. So I was always like a smaller guy, but I always had, you had the drive. A, yeah. yeah, I had a drive. I had the drive, and I, I believed in myself a lot. And I, um, I've never been afraid of, you know, putting in the work or putting in the hours. And um, you know, I always had like a, a big man like mentality, mm -hmm. and I feel like that that has pushed me through life. Um, and you know, part of the reason why I, I'm in this position, you know, today. I had that too when I started. It's like I, I realized I can't be the biggest guy on the card, but I can have the biggest personality or the biggest connection with the crowd or mm. the biggest character. There's other ways to be big in wrestling other than just physical stature. Because mm. as you know, we've seen the six foot five, 280 pound muscle heads that don't last a year. Yeah. It's it just that's the perception of what a wrestler is, but the reality of what a wrestler is comes in how you connect with the audience and how big your personality basically yes yeah. you know yeah 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 i um and, and i'm glad i'm glad that i uh i'm glad that i went through what i went through in wwe uh it, it taught me a lot it taught me a lot it taught me how to uh how to really push out that larger than life kind of mm. like persona and um i think that that helped me build my my name um it helped me get through a lot of uh a lot of things like even in life mm -hmm. um you know i remember there was times where i would uh i would kind of cut on that switch like in real life if i needed to like push through something or if i needed to uh you know get through a certain situation i would like turn my personality up like how i was on like mm -hmm. raw and i would uh i would just make myself feel better about the, the situation itself but 
I don't know. I learned. I learned a lot. I learned. I learned a lot. When you first came to WWE, did you sign? You mentioned you signed at 22. Was it for NXT? Was it for 205 Live? Kind of because I know you said you mentioned Ring of Honor. Mm. What was the, kind of the, the the journey that led you to WWE? How'd you get signed to there? And what was the idea when they brought you in? Yeah, I when I got signed, um, I remember I didn't I didn't resign with Ring of Honor because um, you were there for a few years. I was there for only a year. a year. I had won that top prospect tournament. Gotcha. Um, and I was there for a year. Uh, and I remember I didn't I didn't want to resign um, because I always wanted to I wanted to tour more overseas. Mm. Uh, I, I remember I did a I did a tour over in Canada, and then I was like, man, that was cool. And then I had a tour in Mexico, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I toured in like Europe, and and I just wanted to I wanted to keep that momentum going, uh, and I wanted to wrestle everywhere, and I wanted to I wanted to be in the pool of names that you know those those conversations of some of the best like indie wrestlers like on the market i wanted i wanted my name to be talked about in the same you know light anything at the time you know those guys you know like ricochet was on the indies gotcha. at the time i wanted to i wanted to be in the guy who could travel the world at the highest of levels yeah 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 um and i remember being super inspired by the bucks at that time mm. you know because they were they were in the ring of honor but they were doing new japan they were doing pwg they were doing so many things um, and I wanted to be like that. And then when I got signed, I got signed to NXT when I was uh, when I was 22 years old. Did you have to go for a tryout camp, or how did they? Do no, I actually ended up being in that class, the same class as uh, Adam Cole, uh, uh, DiJack, Fish, uh, O'Reilly, all of those, all of those Ring of Honor guys. Um, and I, I thought that was so cool. I, I don't know. That was that was very. That was very wild to me that I was uh, that I was a part of that class, mm. and I didn't have to you know try out. Um, and I thought that that was really cool. I felt like I accomplished something. It's telling, yeah. Yeah. But when I got there, it was uh, it was strange because I was being told that oh no you're not ready for TV, <laughs> you need more experience <laughs> and stuff like that. And you know at the time I was just like. I mean, I, I guess I understand, but why did you sign me? Right, right. right. Um, yeah, it was, it was strange. It was, but they do that, though, dude. You, you see it all the time. Like, I remember I worked with, uh, like, Shinsuke Nakamura in Japan like yeah. the, uh, at one of the WWE shows at the Sumo Arena, for example. And guys, amazing, tear the house down. And he goes back to NXT or Finn Balor or mm. Samoa Joe. I'm like, why? I said to Vince, why do you have these guys in NXT? Mm. Like, they're headlining major show guys. Yeah. But there was just this, we got to go to NXT and learn how to get experience and learn how to work. It's like, they know how to work yeah they're ready yeah i, I never i never um i never voiced that uh, mm -hmm. opinion i always I always thought that what are you gonna say you can't really yeah say i can't i can't say anything um right. but I, I remember i remember i'll never forget i i was i was doing a promo class in nxt and um with I, who who was leading dusty no i think gotcha. uh carino okay gotcha. and i believe carino was was uh leading at the time and um I remember the writer, the lead NXT writer was there and I'd asked him to watch my promo and he said that he would. And uh, as I'm doing my promo, I'm kind of like looking at him to see if he's watching and he's just like texting. Oh. And I was just like, oh man. <laughs> but I'd asked him if he watched it and he had told me that he watched it and I was just like, oh, yeah, he yeah. didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, but then he had said, he had told me that I wasn't, I wasn't ready mm -hmm. um, and that I, that I wasn't going to be ready for a while. And, um, I don't know. That kind of lit a fire underneath me, and I started. I started, you know, recording promos and putting them on my social media every day, and that that actually caught the attention of um, uh, events, uh, which really? was yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think a, a writer had showed Vince uh, my promo on on social media, and um, I got brought up to two hundred five. I believe I only had about two matches in NXT before I got brought up to two hundred five, and then I was only in two hundred five for about four months before I got the call to Raw and um, things were just moving like pretty quickly and I was on Monday Night Raw with Bobby in that manager role you were like his mouthpiece yeah it was uh, good too thanks yeah thanks. very obnoxious and, yeah uh, almost like um uh, Kevin Hart or something along those lines yeah right yeah something yeah vibe like that that's that's honestly um that I was I was watching a lot of Kevin Hart were you I was oh there you go a lot of Kevin Hart. yeah <laughs> 
um, you know, any anything that I do, I want to put my my all into. Yeah. And if somebody is telling me you need to get the people to hate you, I'm gonna get the people to hate me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what I did. I I, I kind of. In a way, I think I, uh, looking back at it, I think I completely changed my entire personality. Yeah. Um, you know, I dove deep into that character. and um, So what was the character exactly? Just loud, cocky, brash, flashy. It, it looked like a kid that <laughs> had a lot of money that didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So when you came in, like when you finally got up to WWE, did you have a meeting with Vince, or did you have a meeting with somebody to say, "Here's what we want from you"? Um, I, I remember talking to Paul Heyman. Mm. Uh, Paul was really invested in, in in what me and Bobby were doing, and um, he was the first one to kind of coach me through that first promo that I did uh, on Monday Night Raw uh, with the like low weights, high reps, and I'm like, screaming at Bobby and and. And tell him that he looks like money and he smells like money and stuff like that. Just silly stuff. And um, <laughs> he uh, he had told me that Vince wanted to, to talk to me about it. And I, I remember going to Vince's office and said that he had said that I, he wanted me to be Bobby's hype man. <laughs> and uh, Vince, I want you to be his hype man. Yeah, I didn't know what that. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Um, well, I just live in like an '80s rap term, isn't it? Yeah, like, like Jam, uh, like Jam Master J was was DMC's hype man sort yeah. of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was just, I was so, I mean, that was just all such a crazy time for me. Mm. Uh, things moved so quickly, and um, you know, me being like a lifelong fan and literally dedicate my life to wanting to be in WWE. And for all of that to have happened within the three years that, that I was there, I never really had a chance to digest anything. And once again, you're very young. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of times, like, and you're still very young, but a lot of times when something like that happens, you think, well, this is just the way it is. And it's going to last forever. Yeah. You know, I did it. And then you realize that it's not just getting there. It's figuring out how to stay. Yeah. You know, yeah. and another thing too, like what you mentioned, if you really embodied in this persona, you mentioned earlier that people thought you might be an asshole or whatever. I had the same thing when I first went to WWE, and my my mission was to be the Millennium Man, the guy that's going to save the WWE. Everyone's so boring, everybody sucks except for me. Yeah. Except for those guys on the roster who actually thought I was saying it for real. Yeah. And I was like, this is just a character that yeah. Vince wants me to portray, but they're like, this motherfucker thinks he's better than us. Yeah. You know who does he think he is? And then the then the heat comes down, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think, um, and somebody has said this to me, uh, I believe it was my wife who said this to me the other day, but um, anything that is um, trailblazing uh, is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be an easy thing. That's right. Uh, That's a great point. The, the, first, the, the, the first person to, to do something, they're not going to have a, uh, you know, a person to, to look at and say this is the mode on how it's done or this is the path and mm-hmm. how to, you know you everything that you're doing is new everything that you're doing is uh, innovative you're trying to create this path you're trying to do something uh, historic um and i feel like that's that has been my journey in wrestling you know i'm trying to to do something that that's never been done before i'm trying to move in a way that have that nobody's ever moved but you have to do wrestling you know i, I don't want to i don't want to just be uh, in the bunch, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna stick out. I want to, uh, I wanna be the person that everybody's looking at and saying, mm-hmm. like, man, that's this guy. It seemed like it was impossible, but this guy did it, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what I'm doing, um, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm here. That's that's why I want to, um, I want to create those opportunities for other people. I want to open up the door for people who are trying to to do the things that I'm doing, even the things that you're doing. I mean, even what you're doing with wrestling and music, um, you know, that's super inspiring to me. Um, it, you're showing me that is that it is possible. You can do it, right? Um, and, and that's such a cool thing. Uh, that's, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing.
Yeah, well, I want to talk about 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 some of your rap stuff, but before let's just talk about some of the highlights that you had with Bobby. Because once again, yeah, what was six months? Was it that long? It was about nine nine months. Nine months. That I was that was with Bobby. Some great stuff was happening. Tell me about some of the highlights that you remember from that oh, time. Oh man, ah oh, man. Okay, well uh, the, the first thing, just because of how crazy it was, was me pointing at Bobby's ass and saying. Uh, this is his favorite pose for like the people like watching, <laughs> which was so ridiculous. But it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Um, that that was that was pretty funny. I remember I remember all of the stuff that I did with Finn uh, was pretty cool. That was around the first time where I was starting to get a couple of matches on Raw, and people could see that I was I was work, I can actually wrestle and stuff like that. Um, Stuff that I did with Elias, with uh, him saying, you know, whose kid is this? Uh, when I was cutting my promo on him, um, that was cool. The uh, Bobby picking me up uh, and trying to put me on his shoulders, but he just completely threw me over his head and I almost <laughs> fell out the ring. Too um, late. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, that, was some, that was some pretty cool uh, memories that I, that I had with Bobby. When did things start uh, start looking like they were going to end on the main roster? What what really happened with that? Oh, yeah, I remember being on the road with Bobby, and um, you know at the time Bobby was uh, Bobby was the the champ. He was the Intercontinental Champion, and um, he was he was all over the place. You know he was at he was at all the signings and the meet and greets and um, you know all the live shows and and, and everything. I wasn't making the money that Bobby was making. But you had to make all the towns. I had to make all yeah. the towns. And uh, I remember being on a tour in Canada. And I remember looking at my bank account. And uh, I was like, I can't do this anymore. This doesn't make sense. Mm. I'm losing money. Mm. Uh, and I, I really, it's getting to a point where I just can't afford to do this anymore. Uh, because I have kids, I, I have a wife, I have responsibilities. I, you know, I know I might look like a kid, which I am, <laughs> but I have a lot of responsibilities uh, back at home. And um, I wanted to have a serious conversation with, uh, you know, Carano and, and, and Vince and just try to figure out, you know, how I can start making more money, you know, within the company. Like, why am I not on these meet and greets with Bobby? How am I his mouthpiece? Uh, but I'm not, and you're paying to do it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm. I'm not. Uh, it was. It was a strange thing for me. I. I just. I felt like I was doing a lot of work. I felt like I was a. Uh, I felt like I was a waiter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like I was doing a lot of work for um, for not that much money, and um, it was just getting to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, and I, I remember bringing up the conversation. And saying, you know, when when are we going to be able to, you know, can I get some merch? Can I can I can I raise? On, yeah, raise. Can I can I you know be on these meet greets or signings with Bobby? It just it just doesn't make sense. And um, I don't think that they I don't think that they liked me being so uh, vocal about it. Um, and I should have, you know been appreciative of the the opportunity mm-hmm. that I had, which I was super appreciative. But at the end of the day, it's a business. I'm a mm-hmm. businessman. Uh, that's not just, you know, my catchphrase mm-hmm. in AEW. Like, <laughs> I, um, you know, uh, it needs to make sense for, for the both of us. Right. Um, and I don't, I just don't think they didn't take that kindly. Um, and I, I was put on hold for weeks. I was told that I was going to talk to Vince. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, you know, writers are telling me, oh, he's busy this week, he's busy this week. He'll fly you out to Connecticut when he has time or whatever. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll call you when, when it's that time. Um, I didn't hear anything from them for, oh. for nine months. Wow. Yeah. I, At home for nine yeah, months. Yeah. I reached out to them. I tried to, I tried to get in contact with somebody and nobody ever got back to me. Mm. And um, I just said, fuck it. Um, I remember I was about to move to LA and when I was in LA, I, um, I got a call from Hunter uh, saying that he wanted me to be uh, on NXT because they had just got this new deal with the uh, USA Network, and um, he wanted me to. Uh, he, I was on USA for for Raw already, so I think he wanted people who were on USA to try to push gotcha. some more eyes onto yeah. uh, NXT now being on USA. But the first thing that I said, and it, it's so crazy, yeah, the first thing that I said to him was, "When are we going to talk about this contract?" Like. 
you know, it's been nine months, you know, it's, uh, you know, you can't just call me and say, how have you been? It's like, how do you think I've been, man? <laughs> like, like I haven't been good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny how that works, right? Hey, Leo, how you been? Yeah. It's just, I just can't. I, um, I, I just want to get down to, to the business yeah. know, right away. And I think that that, that initial first conversation with Hunter just automatically made things weird um, for me. And uh, I, I thought that that was going to uh, be the turning point where we kind of got on the same page, but unfortunately we never did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I got I got the uh, the Cruiserweight title put on me. Um, still still under the other still, deal. Still yeah. under the other deal. And I knew that that was going to happen. I, uh, you know, I was kind of beating myself up for that because, uh, you know, I should have put my foot down mm -hmm. a little more. They do that from time. It was like, here's the title. And listen, like you mentioned, title's great. Thank yeah. you. But business is business, man. Don't think I'm going to like just be so excited to win a title that it's like, this is great. Yeah, it was bittersweet for me. Yeah. It was bittersweet. I, I, wish, I wish that I enjoyed that moment a little better. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the time, I just couldn't stop thinking about, man, I feel like I feel like I've now been put in a position where I'm going to look like even more of an asshole because I have to bring this up while I have this title on right. me. And this, uh, things just started to, uh, you know, spiral, downward spiral, and um, we just weren't on the same page. And that's when I got released. I knew that I was going to, right. I felt like I was going to get released. Um, yeah, because nobody was in communication with me, really. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much that. And that was like pretty much, that was during the pandemic when they released a whole bunch of, of people, right? Yeah. There's, a dozen or whatever it was yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there was uh there was a lot uh, that was a scary day i remember i asked tony when that happened well, you probably recall it was april april yeah and i said is there anybody on here that you're interested i think miro was one of those guys mm -hmm. he said miro and he specifically mentioned your name as well wow yeah right out of the gate that's amazing i um yeah tony 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 is so cool he's he's just such a real uh you know from my experience so mm -hmm. far uh just uh very open and honest person. You know, I remember when he when he said that he was interested in, in having me a part of AEW, that he had went to a uh, NXT Coconut Loop show when they were in Florida, I think Jacksonville specifically, and um, he had went and saw me on that show, and he had told me that I like stuck out to him, mm. um, and I thought that that was pretty cool. So when you were when you were off during this time, is that when you started doing more with with your music or? or because I know you've released a couple records, mm. you know, records, whatever that means nowadays, a couple Spotify, yeah. <laughs> Spotify tunes, yeah. um, a collection of Spotify tunes. Yeah. Um, was that kind of more more concentrated on after you got let go when you kind of had not a lot else going on? Or were you kind of always doing that in conjunction with, with being in wrestling too? Uh, I was I was always kind of doing I think when I first started to really dive into it was when I had that little hiatus from raw mm -hmm. where people were trying to figure out what was going on with me um, you know I was trying to keep myself busy mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I started I started to I already I'd already put out a single like maybe about a year before this and um, people have said that they they wanted to hear more stuff from me so I, I took that you know time to to uh, put out more music and um, just see where where it could go you know if people if people uh like that route that i was taking you know i was putting out songs me singing i was putting out songs with me rapping just seeing what people gravitated towards mm -hmm. uh, just testing the waters and i think when when i got released and i felt like i could no longer be in florida uh just from you know ptsd and trauma right, and, right. and i said that i wanted to i wanted to really try to pursue music and I ended up moving out to LA and um, working with some some pretty cool people out there and uh, ended up getting a manager who got me connected with a lot of, uh, you know, different like, you know, A&Rs and, and, you know, writers and just people who are actually, you know, me saying that I wanted to do music and trying to do it in Florida. It was a whole other thing mm. when I went to LA. Mm -hmm. You know, these people were, you know, doing it every day, nonstop. Uh, this was their life. Right. And, um, I wanted that to be my life. And that's what you have to do. You have to put everything yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. So me doing that, I don't know. It opened my eyes up to the, the possibility that this is, this is possible. 
when you're doing your raps, for example, do you come up with a beat first, or kind of a, is it lyrics first, then the beat, or vice versa? Kind of what is your style? Um, I love creating melodies. Um, that's the first thing that I, you know, my writing process. I'll listen to a to an instrumental, or even if I'm creating from scratch uh, with the producer, um, I'll try to get a melody and and record that first, and then I'll write to the melody, and mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how my songs mm -hmm. come about. Um, but yeah, I'm always uh, melody melody first, first for yeah. me. Yeah, well, good melody sticks in your head forever, no matter what genre of music it is. I would say a good melody could be rap, thrash, yeah. ska, doo wop, mm -hmm. pop, metal, whatever you want. Good melody is a good melody. Yeah, you know that's what sticks in people's heads. Yeah. So for your for the music that you've released so far, have you gotten like a lot of uh, a good response, a lot of uh, listens, a lot of hits? Yeah, um, I, I had a song that I put out um, a little while ago called I Wonder um, mm -hmm. that's been doing uh, you know, fairly decent, um, especially for somebody who didn't really know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's got like maybe like 130K straight on Spotify. Yeah, that's great. Um, but this new EP that I put out uh, called Not Found, I think me putting this out was for me to kind of, uh, this was definitely a turning point for me within my music i think I, I i found my voice i think i found what works for me um i think um it was my intention was to kind of wake people up in a sense of uh this isn't you know just a hobby this isn't mm -hmm. um you know this isn't a gimmick you know uh, i'm sure you can mm -hmm. relate to uh the overall stigma of wrestling and music is very sure strange um you mentioned something earlier. It's something that I've said for years. You have to work twice as hard to get people's respect just because of the job that we're in. Yeah. You know, and once once they get over that, then it's just a good song or a bad song. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if the guy's a wrestler or a pharmacist, a pilot, whatever. You know what I mean? And, and you do have to get over that with people because they'll constantly be looking for a reason. Oh, he's just a wrestler. Or, yeah. You know, be like if a rapper got into wrestling. Oh, he's a rapper. What's he doing? Heaven forbid people can do two things. Yeah. So you have to, like I said, work really hard to to let people know that you're legit about it and not just doing it as a cash grab, not that you're making any money off it anyways, yeah. as we all as we all know so that's the first thing you have to do and once you do that then you'll have people's attention forever yeah yeah and i um this 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 ep has been perceived like pretty pretty well um i think it is it, showing people that I, i'm 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 pretty serious about my music mm -hmm. and um it's it's such a it's just a it's a it's a beautiful thing it's uh you know i think with the pandemic and me you know, that was that was all that I that, that I was doing you know, during the pandemic because that was all there was to do. Yeah, was to, there was no independent shows to go to yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, so I was just in the studio. I built out my garage. I, I made it into a oh, studio, cool. and you know, I was working with a producer that was pretty that I was pretty close with, and I was just recording. I was just recording, recording, recording all year, and uh, it was it was more than music like for me, hmm. like listening to it. Uh, listening back to it, I think I think music has just helped me uh, in life in general. I think music has uh, helped me find who I was like, mm. as a person. Mm. I think it has helped me cope with you know anything that I was dealing mm. with in my mental health. Some healing, there, yeah, powers yeah. to it, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. What um, have, has anybody of of, of you know, prominence in, 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 in the music world, rap world, heard it and give you any uh, encouragement at all? Yeah, uh, so I've actually, I've actually been going to a lot of events lately because um, I just got a manager. I mean, I've been doing so much by myself for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was such a, a weird thing to kind of give somebody control of something that meant so much to me. But I started working with, uh, with my manager and he's been uh, getting me to a lot of like different events and and things out in LA and meet a lot of uh, different people in the music industry. I remember I talked to Paul Abdul mm. at one of these events about my music and <laughs> just learning from like different like legends and, and people who have been just in the business for, for so long. I think that's the part of it that I'm really enjoying is uh, just learning the business mm -hmm. uh, part of it. Cause you know, anybody can just record a song and put it out, but to actually be around people who are uh, you know, doing things like behind the scenes and like like going to different 
you know, networking events and just talking to whether it's a producer or whether it's an engineer or whether it's, you know, somebody who is working with a label, a bigger label or a smaller label. I think uh, just learning that that aspect of it is pretty cool to me. But, yeah, I've I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I that I'm in today. And I think that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's I always say everything happens for a reason. And um, I think how everything is lined up for me uh, was supposed to happen. I think this injury was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's given me the time to, to sit down and and uh, and think about where I want to go and uh, who I'm doing it for and um, why I'm doing it. And um, even giving giving me the time to, to focus on my music. And mm-hmm. you know, during that time when I was when I was hurt. Uh, although I was like rehabbing every day, you know, I was also I was trying to, to, to pursue uh, music too, and I, I made a lot of uh, connections that I probably wouldn't have made right. if I was on the road like constantly. Uh, but I think um, having those four months to kind of regroup and um, you know introduce to people what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do has helped so much. Mm-hmm. You were uh, when you were going to uh, retire, leave the business. You mentioned you were going to fulfill your commitments with New Japan. Had you been working with them for a while? Was it for New Japan Strong? Did you ever go to Japan with them? Um, I, I didn't go to Japan. I gotcha. was supposed to go to Japan, but um, visa issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did the Super J Cup, uh, and they were in L.A. for that. Okay. Um, so I did that. I did a couple of the Strong tapings, and yeah, that was that was pretty much it. You know, there was plans for me to go to Japan, but it just never, it never happened. Especially right now, it's hard yeah. to go over as it is. How were the strong tapings? Uh, they were cool. They were um, strange because uh, there was no, you know, when <laughs> I didn't think my first experience with New Japan was going to be in front of no <laughs> in a gym in LA in front of no people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was cool. I, I really liked it, but. It, like I said, it was it was a little strange, um, especially you know wrestling and uh, and not even hearing uh, you know commentary. Like oh well, no, I could hear the commentary. Oh, actually, yeah, you could hear the commentary. yeah, I could yeah, hear the commentary yeah, yeah. as I'm wrestling, and I thought that that was <laughs> I thought that that was pretty crazy because there was no there was no crowd uh, noise. So was I there any Japanese there. guys there? Or was it all their their American guys? There was no Japanese guys there. Uh, there, I, I believe that there were maybe a couple of people that were in, like, in the dojo, in the yeah. LA dojo. But no, yeah, that's straight to your first New Japan experience in America with Americans in front of people. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I wrestled on the Indies with you guys like, a couple yeah, yeah, of years yeah, yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it, it's cool. I like, I think just the the opportunity to be able to uh, to wrestle on their platform and. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're seeing you too, like you said. Yeah. It's good to know that they wanted you to come to Japan. It's just not the right time, yeah. You know, until they open up a little bit more, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I saw a couple of matches that you had when when you were coming back uh, with. I'm not sure exactly what it was. Atlantic City outside that sort of thing. You had like a uh, like a moth. Oh man! Tell me about the yeah. Mothman costume. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> this is such a funny story. So, <laughs> oh man, this is so great. Um, when I was in NXT, uh, my second go around being in NXT, I remember randomly getting to tapings one day, and uh, they were playing my new video screen on the on the on the, on the Titantron, and um, I saw a moth, and uh, yeah, I um, I was asking them what, what what was the the idea behind the moth because you know I was just using moth for like man of the hour. And uh, oh, my, logo, okay, gotcha. my logo was the, a clock. Uh, so for them to have inserted that moth uh, and them being so stuck on the moth thing, um, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. Uh, so I got some, <laughs> got some gear made, uh, which was this outfit that you're, that you're talking about, this orange vest with wings and there's a mask uh, for the entrance. I remember bringing it to tapings one day. Uh, showing Hunter, I um, I even went through a whole. I rehearsed an entire entrance, um, and then I remember Hunter comes out. <laughs> Hunter comes out, uh, and he's like, he's like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Oh, because I think I had a big match uh, for the NXT uh, Cruiserweight title that night." 
and um, I wasn't being featured on like the takeovers. So I was like, oh, maybe I should do something cool for my entrance. This is a big, a big match right, uh, for TV. A big title yeah. match for TV. So let me just do something cool for my entrance. Um, and he just he didn't uh, he <laughs> he said that he didn't he didn't understand it. He said that uh, it had nothing to do with my character uh, and that I was trying too hard. And uh, I was like, you guys made <laughs> this moth a thing. So I'm trying to make sense of it. Right, right. Uh, and um, I thought it was pretty funny because he, <laughs> you know, he would dress up as the Terminator at WrestleMania. Right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I was like, what do you mean? Is, does that have anything to do with the character? And I was doing too much. I thought that was pretty, uh, That's pretty great. wild. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's classic WWE, man. He's the moth. He's a moth. Yeah. He's a moth. Yeah. I thought for sure that must have been coming down from Vince, but I didn't know about the man of the hour thing. Yeah. But then when you show up with a costume, you're trying too hard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, that's so crazy that you're saying this. Um, so I end up wearing it once at this show that uh, for GCW. Like, you bought it already. You're getting your money. Yeah, I know. I got to wear it once. Yeah, um, yeah. But <laughs> that's so funny that you asked that question. No, but yeah, that's that's how that um, that's how that came. I forgot about the man of the hour. That's a great nickname. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, where did you come up with that? Um, I really, I, if I mean, I, I really don't know. Mm. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but it's an old school wrestling term that they used to say. Like, I'm the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man too sweet to be sour. This is right because I remember being at the the PC and I remember seeing a Dusty statue, yeah. and there was different quotes on the uh, on the statue, and yeah. one of them was like, "Man of the hour, man with the power." So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I think now, looking back at it, I think it, it fit. It's so fitting to me that I'm uh, mm. that I've called myself the man of the hour mm. because just in life, I I care about time like so much. Like uh, I'm like obsessed with time. Oh, and very punctual. Like, you mean or what do you mean? Yeah, like I um I never like being late. Mm. I never um I um I, I I like I like respecting people's time. I like. Um, I like getting the most out of you know the time that's presented yeah, to yeah. me and that's cool. stuff like that, and I don't know. This is uh, it's pretty fitting. Um, yeah, it's pretty fitting. It's, it's cool. I was going to ask you before too. How'd you end up with the name Leo Rush? That's a cool name. Yeah, I. Uh, what a weird. Okay, this is this, what a weird thing because I try to uh, you know being a wrestler and wanting to be a wrestler. Uh, I never even really thought about what my name was gonna be. Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Um, I just never thought about it. And then when it got time for me to do shows, I was like, oh shit, I need a wrestling name. Uh, and I was just calling myself L.I. Green. My, my real name is Lionel, uh, last name Green. And um, Can't call yourself Green when you just- I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, ah, this, this can't work. And um, this cannot work, because I need to change it. Uh, and I was just, I, I couldn't think of anything because I didn't want, I didn't want to have some random first name that just wasn't, you know, had nothing you, to do yeah. with me. Um, so I was just looking at my actual name and just looking at all the letters and, you know, just chopping out the, the last three letters and I saw L-I-O and I was like, oh, that looks cool, mm -hmm. but I can't like call myself Lio. So mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, like Leah, mm -hmm. but spell it with an I. And um, I remember my trainer, uh, I, he always told me to slow down when I was uh, when I was training because I was so nice. I was too quick. I was too. Uh, I was doing everything so fast because I was green, and um, uh, he always told me to slow down. But I could, I never could. You know, I would try to, but I, I never could. And just my movements were always like so quick. And um, he always said that I was in a I was in a rush to learn. Mm. I was in a rush to get to the next thing and uh, and move forward and stuff like that. So. I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, so I just put two and two together, and that's how Leo Rush. That is cool. It's together. a rush. You mean yeah. in the ring and a rush to watch you. And it's, yeah. It's very cool. Last couple of questions for you, dude. So so now that you are here in AEW, and we've seen a couple uh, vignettes and promos of, of, of being a businessman and all that sort of stuff, what's kind of the vibe of your character, and, and, and what are you planning on now that you're actually here? What does Tony want from you, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I, think, I think ultimately Tony wants me to be me. Um, I think he, which is great. Yeah, he he wants me to uh, he wants to give me an opportunity to shine, and I think I think with him seeing you know the only thing that he saw me with was being you know in WWE, 
uh, he, he obviously knew that I could talk and I could cut a promo. So he wanted me to, you know, give me this, this, uh, this talking role um, on TV, which I think is, is, is uh, I, I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've always been a fan of, you know, guys coming in and, and having those like vignettes and those promos yeah. to, to, to build up into something uh, pretty cool. My overall goal within within AEW, I think uh, I looked up to Rey Mysterio a lot. I think that has been my only true, uh, you know, example of what the possibility mm. of what I could be like within the company. Absolutely, uh, and um, I want to be a world champion. I. Um, that's uh, what you should say. Yeah, yeah. I want to be a world champion. Um, and I, I'm willing to do any and everything to, 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 to get to that point. You know, however, you know, however many hours I need to, to put in. Um, like I said, I've never been afraid of the hard work. Uh, you know, I've never been a promo guy. But when I, when I got handed that role, I took it very seriously. Became one, and man. I became a promo guy. Um, you know, I took my in-ring work, like, very seriously. Well, I haven't always been, but I feel like I'm I'm moving in in uh, a direction where I'm I'm becoming more open and more relatable, and people are hearing my story, and I feel like I have a very unique and, and powerful story, uh, you know, because it's real. Um, you know, everybody goes through um, you know ups and downs throughout their life and their career, and um, you know, people always like a good uh, comeback story. People always like uh, you know people who aren't going to uh stay down when they when they fall you know i'm a fighter mm -hmm. um yeah i'm a fighter dude are I, you a I, different person now at 26 than you were at 22 incredibly incredibly different and it's so cool that i'm saying that mm -hmm. um I, I grew up a lot and I, i'm so grateful for for everything that i that i've been through you know i, I used to ask myself well, you know why why me why am i going through this you know, I, I've worked so hard to, to be here. Like, why, you know, why aren't they going, you know, my way? Why aren't things going my way? But I, I think I think I needed those those hard times. I needed to I needed to go through what I went through in order to know what I know now. And mm -hmm. um, like I said, this is a second chance for me. I think everything that I went through in uh, in WWE has prepared me for this. I think uh, what I'm about to do in AEW is going to be miles ahead of what I what I did in WWE and I'm really looking forward to it um, mm -hmm. because I uh, you know I'm, 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 I'm applying everything that I've learned I'm, um, all of the knowledge that I have now like I, I know I know not to uh, to fuck up in certain situations I know how to navigate certain things I know I know what the industry is now I know what the game is now I know mm -hmm. I know uh, you know I know a lot I know a lot I feel like I feel like I now have the the keys mm. to success. That and, all comes uh, with experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a very self motivated um, person, and um, you know, I, I'm not going to settle for anything less. Mm -hmm. I I know that I'm not going to stop uh, until I am. You know, at that point where I want to be. You want to be, yeah. um, and I, that is a world champion. I, I want to be that next that next, you know, small guy that everybody's like, holy shit, like, and, um, you know, it, it's not, it's not talked about, you know, too much. It's not talked about too much, but I think that it should because it is important, but, you know, um, you know, African-American like representation within mm -hmm. the industry is, uh, is huge, huge mm -hmm. for me. I didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, especially a lot of guys that were, you know, black and my size, uh, you know, in the WWE when I was watching WWE. Still I, don't. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I, and I look at myself and I'm like, I can, I can be that person, you know, I can, I can be that person. Uh, and, and that motivates me that, 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 that continues to, uh, drive me you know I want to be that person for, mm -hmm. for, for other people it's not just about me mm -hmm. it's never been about me it's always been about you know whether it's about my family um, you know people who look up to me uh, I want to be an inspiration to, uh, to other people because uh, you know there were people who inspired me um, yeah 
That's a good. That's a good uh, uh, goal to have for yeah. sure. Last question for you, man. What's your favorite match that you ever had? Oh, my favorite match that I've ever had so far. Um, it's so hard to mm -hmm. pinpoint that. Sure, it is. It's so hard to pinpoint that. Um, but I really enjoyed. I, I keep saying that, but I, I really enjoyed the stuff that I did with Angel Garza. When Andrew was, Garza. Angel. Angel, Angel Garza. Angel Garza. Yeah, yeah. of course. Oh, wow. I, I really because I think that was the first time where they kind of let me loose. They, mm -hmm. they, they, you know, told me to just go out there, have a good match, and um, people still talk about those matches uh, today. Um, I always get messages, you know, saying I really enjoyed the matches that you had with Angel Garza and NXT. So um, I think those those are my favorite matches that I've had so far. But I think, if I'm being completely honest, I think my favorite match hasn't happened yet. I think it hasn't happened yet. Um, there's so many guys here in AEW that I'm really, really looking forward to, to wrestling. And um, I'm just going to get uh, – I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better because I'm always wanting to learn. I always want to learn. I always want to, I always want to get better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the guys here are going to make me better. And I'm, uh, I'm excited for it. Well, dude, it's great to have you here, man. And uh, I'm not going to let you retire again. You got to stay here for a while. <laughs> not at 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm 50. You'll be here till then at least. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thank you.